0: watchdogs I did
1: beat watchdogs
0: and i was really hoping to (laughs) it sounded like after you beat it that things did not go much better than they had been going to begin with it
1: actually got a lot worse in the last (laughs) quarter of the game so just all around
0: can we uh i think at this point we've pretty adequately recommended maybe seriously considering whether or not you buy that game Are are you are you comfortable spoiling it for me do you want to tell me what kind of ludicrous things happen
1: I, I will tell you what ludicrous things happen. So, in the last kind of quarter of Watchdogs, um, you know, they kind of blow open the whole big conspiracy. Uh-huh. And you find out the guys behind the murder of uh, Aiden's, you know, niece and um, who's been exploiting the CTOS and spying on all the uh, people in Chicago. You find out that it's been uh, this guy, Lucky Quinn who's kind of the Irish mob boss, in conjunction with Iraq, who's the um, leader of the Black Street Gang. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for all of the hacking and supposed conspiracy and cyberpunk and all this kind of shit, you just find out it's two kind of washed up gangs. So so
0: it's it's a wizard did it, except instead of wizard, it's gang, right?
1: It's gang. And that essentially makes it just like every open world, because in every open world, it's a gang. Yeah, there's something kind of ex- especially different about this. And when you you know, when you finally confront Lucky Quinn, um, you find out that Clara is the hacker that backtraced you and um made it so that they can organize the hit on you. So Lucky Quinn you find all these kind of conversations and emails where Lucky Quinn is like, Oh yeah, we'll eliminate Clara now, we'll we'll have her assassinated. Um so you kill Lucky Quinn, you know. And then you go out, and there's this guy, Damien, Aiden's old friend. Damien is like, oh, well, I'm also going to uh, kill Clara. And they send a hit team after her. Only they're never quite clear which uh, hit team it is. So I guess it could be Lucky Quinn's hit team, or it could be Damien's hit queen. And I feel like what they did is they kind of broke the same storyline twice. And they just forgot who was supposed to be the guy that organized the hit. Anyway, Clara gets killed. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, oh no. I bet you're but really heartbroken about that too. Uh, me too, by one of the hit squads. Um, and Aiden blames Damien because Damien, of course, has to be the uh, final boss. So he goes and he hunts down Damien. And I think it's probably the worst final mission I've ever played in an open world game. Typically, they're like pretty awesome, right? So Damien gets, and, and, and get ready for this one because this is a doozy. Damien gets control of the entire CTOS. Now, if you know anything about the CTOS, all this means is that now he's able to kind of raise and lower bridges, and he's able to uh, turn green lights red, and sometimes he can blow up the occasional street pipe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, You know, and and they try to make it sound like this really intense kind of chaotic thing, but honestly, all you have to do is just drive slow. And as long as you drive (laughs) slowly through the final mission... (laughs) And it's fine you're not gonna like be suddenly exploded and you're not gonna um you know crash into another car you just drive just drive just drive carefully is the lesson with uh c t o s
0: well that actually that actually sounds a lot like how I've already been playing that game like you know, to <laughs> to avoid the cops and stuff like that like watchdogs right. may as well have a tagline that's like spy hard, drive slow or something like that yeah
1: spy hard drive slow and then um you know, there is a point where he starts CTO scans and the cops will inevitably come after you. And um, Now, the problem with, with that is the game is kind of counting on your unwillingness to kill cops. And since it is a video game and since I have played several other open world, I was actually fine with killing cops. And, you know, my, 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 my rating went down but not enough to kind of completely trash my good karma It took down my good karma by about a third you know so all these cops for me, i would blow up a few of them with my grenade launcher and then i'm going to complete the mission um so it really wasn't as difficult as i think ubisoft thought it was and now you end up shutting down the entire city you you you, you kind of drown the city in a blackout and adian is really shocked and surprised that he does this even though uh, a part of a major subplot in the game is the 2003 blackout was caused by the same exact hack um so he shuts it down he goes to the to a um get this he goes, he goes to a lighthouse to fight his old friend damien and in in trying to kill his old friend damien um and there's a quick time event which there's never been in the game before but and we you know you we all love uh quick time events. So yeah, that happened
0: that's how that's how you end a game successfully is with a quick that they time end event.
1: Sex play. It's not a hard quick time event, but the fact it's in there in the first place is kind of stupid. Um, now here's the problem. Essentially the big conspiracy of watchdogs is just kind of a series of hirings. So Lucky Quinn hired Claire, and he hired Iraq and the two of them, uh, you know, Claire tracked down Aiden and Damien and then Iraq goes and hires Maurice. And Maurice is the guy that shoots Aiden's win, uh, windows or whatever and makes him crash and accidentally kills his niece and um, injures Damien. So that's literally the entire storyline. That's the big conspiracy that you're unraveling, that it was a series of hirings. So the story might as well be, okay, well, human resources hired this guy because middle management wanted human resources to hire them, and the management told you know middle management to hire this guy. That's, just, that's what the storyline is. It's just a series of hirings. But at the very end of the game aiden says no matter what happens the bloom corporation has blood on their hands you know bloom, the bloom corporation is what created ctos mm-hmm. bloom has like absolutely nothing to do with the shit the entire <laughs> game you know it's like it's like getting to it's like it's like me fin- looking at one of my videos and then seeing someone kicking a dog on my uh, cell phone i'm like oh the Apple Corporation is going to pay for this, so they're trying to introduce this conspiracy in the very last minute. That just doesn't make any fucking sense. Well, now because,
0: is that is that going to be like ramp up for the sequel? You think?
1: Like, yeah, I think that's a, I think it's a ramp up for the sequel. And in fact, at the end of the game, he finally goes back to Maurice, and he decides you know you have to decide whether you kill him or let him go. So Maurice and Aiden are talking, and you know Aiden is like it's over. We're the only two left. And Maurice says, no, it's not over. They're still out there, but considering the fact that lucky quinn is dead and iraq is dead and damien is dead and clara is dead everyone responsible for this thing is literally dead they are literally the only two left and they're trying to push this conspiracy theory agenda that just makes no sense at all wow yeah
0: well i mean you just saved me like 18 hours so (laughs) i'm I'm actually pretty happy about that yeah so i mean that's how we that's how we start our podcast here. If you if you didn't already gather, this is the Enemy Slime Podcast. It's uh, episode number thirty. Oh, damn! We made it all the way to thirty eight, kids. We did make it to thirty eight. I'm here, of course, with our usual suspect, Jay Joseph, who I'm told has been drinking beers.
1: Yeah, quite a few, actually.
0: But uh, it actually, I would say, it almost helped you to spoil Watchdogs. Did it? Yeah, yeah, I think that you did just fine. Maybe okay. even better than you would have done normally. Maybe. Now, Lucio is off in the wilderness uh, of New York City. And oh, New York
1: State. Oh, is
0: he in like upper New York or something?
1: Yeah. Oh, God. Probably.
0: Okay. Never, yeah. never mind then. Alright. So, Lucio, Lucio literally is in the wilderness. Uh, so, we, we, brought in, we brought in a replacement. We brought in a bench player. Uh, I have with us Doug Wilson, who... Howdy. There, there, there—he is. I knew he was still with us.
1: So I'm gonna go take a beer piss, but you should talk about news. You
0: <laughs> okay? I'll wait for you to crash back in, and uh, we'll go from there. Well, actually, I really want to talk about this one with Jay because I feel like it's a special, uh, a special thing near and dear to his heart. Let me let me pull up uh, this article then, while we're while we're missing pissing Jay. Um, one of the things that, uh, came out today, I think this was actually today that this was announced, is, uh, From Software, uh, revealed two things. Uh, one, that, uh, Bloodborne is looking like it's going to be far enough along that it will be playable at Gamescom next month, and, uh, two, they confirmed that it is, uh, going to have a release date of early 2015, so probably winter, uh, 2015, so... I, I don't, you know, get excited, get stoked for that, I guess.
2: Uh, I already am.
0: Uh, so I, I, I guess if you, you and I, Doug, are, are pretty much the, the bloodborne lovers here. I don't think, uh, I don't want to put words in Jay's mouth, but I don't think he gives two shits about it. Probably not. But uh, I think it, I think it looks pretty fantastic, even, even in the state that I saw it at. And I didn't. I didn't really talk about it on our on the podcast at all because it was the last day that I was there that I saw it, and I, I didn't really think about it last week. but um, I mean it looks it looks really good. It just also looks exactly like Dark Souls.
2: yeah, I mean I, I wouldn't call that a complaint for me at least because Dark Souls is probably one of my top franchises yeah and, uh, yeah, and I, it, it looks great it, it, but I think it'll play different enough that it won't feel just like a rehash of dark souls one and two.
0: A lot of the, there were a lot of kind of interesting things that they showed off that were just, Oh, so slightly different from, from dark souls. And the big changes felt like maybe they were tied to AI. So like he demoed some, uh, dog enemies and, uh, they need to be killed, you know, extra quickly because they will wind up alerting other people, other enemies to your presence and, and bring more people with them. Um, they also showed off, and I can't remember if this was in the demo that Sony had uh, in their press conference or not. But they also showed off like this, uh, like town meeting, this like crazy people meeting where where they rang like a bell in the town square, and everybody came and gathered and kind of stood around there for a while, and it was a chance for you to kind of sneak around these enemies. But then the meeting would dissipate, and you know, in, in Dark Souls, there's almost like a uh, a haunted house placement to enemies, right? Like yeah. they're always they're always in the same locations. You can always count on them, and and they do this kind of trademark thing where like they hide them around blind corners and and stuff like that to uh, jump out and surprise you. But once they've surprised you once, that's it. And, they never
2: move around. There's no random placement or anything like that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, Bloodborne feels a little different uh, because the enemies just, at least in the demo that I saw, the enemies felt a lot more dynamic and. Uh, you know, I, I mean, they were moving, period. And in tar- in Dark Souls, I think that's already something they don't do. They pretty much just stand there, uh, until until you call upon them or or appear.
2: Yeah, very few enemies actually move very much in in Dark Souls.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, the one thing maybe that was also oh slightly—I I don't want to say disappointing—but I I think that we know at this point that from software's. Uh, big weakness is probably graphical optimization mm-hmm. a little bit, and uh, this game had some real nasty frames. The demo that I saw was playable; like the dude was actually controlling it, and I mean, it, it looked it looked good. Don't get me wrong; it's a beautiful game, but I mean, it looks it looks like Blight Town basically.
2: I wouldn't be surprised if there are a few parts of the game that that chug along.
0: Well, and I I can't imagine them doing this again. But I wonder, they he, he even acknowledged it in the demo. I mean, that's how bad these frames were, is is it was bad enough that he was, you know, there to say, okay, you know, hey, I know that you're noticing this. We're going to have this fixed by the time we launch. It'll be smoothed out. And to be fair, a lot of games at the show have, you know, frame loss like that. It's It's just a normal part of yeah. the development cycle. But uh, I do wonder if the way that they quote unquote smooth them out is the same way they smooth them out in Dark Souls, where they just downgrade the graphics.
2: Yeah, I, I, that probably will happen. They'll be they'll I'll show up all this cool, super cool lighting or enemy AI, and then the final product is much different from what we're, we're shown. Which unfortunately is probably just a trend that's just going to keep on continuing. And-
0: yeah, it's just it's a, it's a shame that it seems. I don't want to say intrinsically tied to From Software, but they seem to be, you know, people who maybe will start to garner a reputation of being the type to release games like that. Yeah. And uh, that that part is unfortunate. But having said that, uh, obviously that's the way things went with Dark Souls, and I wasn't bothered in the slightest. Um, Oh, no.
2: I mean, it would have been nice to, I guess, have the upgraded lighting system but i mean the rest of the game's fantastic so i honestly didn't miss it too much
0: yeah i didn't and even from a, a looks perspective uh the art design really goes a long way in that game and i mean the the even just like the pre-drawn you know vistas off in the distance and stuff like that um that stuff looks great and the zones all have very very distinct feels to them and and you know there's there's always something kind of awe-inspiring to look at where you'll like walk out of this dank crypt and and come across this like gigantic valley or something so it looks really good it just doesn't look the way they promised and i hope that that's not a reputation that they're just gonna have forever but i worry that it might be perhaps hopefully so i guess we'll see um yeah anyway that will be uh so like i said playable at gamescom next month so, if you are really itching to play Bloodborne and want to give it want to you know give it the go around, all you have to do is find a way to Germany next well, month. That's pretty easy. Yeah, that should be simple enough, right? Yeah. Uh, no, no spoilers, but we probably are not going to be at Gamescom.
1: I've been drinking a lot of Heineken, so I think I can get there. You think you could make it to Germany? Well, that's how it works. I mean, work that- your way in.
0: That would be perfect, actually. If you, if you think you can make it out there, I'll, I'll get you the press pass. No, um, I don't think
1: I can actually make it out there. I'll totally make it happen. I was just making a reference to Heineken. <laughs> yeah, all
0: right. This
2: podcast sponsored by Heineken.
0: This, this podcast is sponsored by Heineken and uh, the Anheuser-Busch Corporation. So, I actually know one, one of the kids
1: Wolfea. who belongs to that dynasty. He produced my last movie. The Anheuser-Busch
0: folks? Uh-huh. Is he, is he Anheuser or is he Bush? I think he's
1: Bush. Ah. But he was born straight into that dynasty.
0: You know that, yeah. that's a company that is like it's kind of like Disney where like they, they actually very sincerely do own this podcast, and we just don't really know how yet. Yeah. but like if they took us to court, they could probably prove it's like it's like six degrees of Kevin Bacon or whatever. like they could they could prove that they own this company uh, by some method. So, uh, let's talk about some other news now, that, now especially that Jay's back once more. Because uh, this one I know is is going to be, I don't want to say near and dear to your heart, but you probably you could comment on it. Um, I I like to call this segment the internet actually accomplished something, and okay. that accomplishment is that now uh, ladies are allowed to play Hearthstone. Oh, are they? Yeah. So uh, it was. Some, oh,
1: this is this is women's suffrage all over again.
0: Somebody noticed last week that there was a Finnish Hearthstone tournament. That was not
1: allowing women uh, to participate in it and when right. and and the the idea was that they wanted to be a legitimate sports tournament which also you know, you don't mix the sexes in uh, sports tournaments. Well, so that's that's the interesting run here. Is is there's
0: there's a chain of like uh, you know ill behavior. So it wasn't necessarily the Finnish people who who didn't want women playing Hearthstone. It was that they wanted to make sure that the entrants in their tournament would be eligible for South Korea's international esports event, and uh, that that. International Esports Federation, or whatever—they're the ones who specifically have set up this uh, this gender separation. And so, I, when I was very first reading that they got them to reverse the tournament stance, I thought that I was just going to read that the Finnish tournament was uh, going to allow women, but they actually got the uh, South Korean group to change their stance as well.
1: So, I mean, I don't agree with that. Usually, when you divide a sports a divorce, a sports tournament. Between the sexes, like when you have a male version of the the tournament and when you have a female version of the tournament, it's because they are very clearly physically different. So with video games. I guess that's the end of the thought.
0: (laughs) Um. I'm not. I mean, they they listed some kind of reasoning for for why they had that rule to begin with. Obviously, it wasn't very important because as soon as a little bit of weight got put on them, they went ahead and changed their stance. And uh, I I don't know about you, but it didn't change the way that I think of esports uh, in any way. What's like I I don't think less of or more of esports now than I did before. I certainly don't think more of them. <laughs> I agree.
2: I think less women are bad at games and shouldn't be allowed anywhere near them.
0: That's true, and I mean, I think that I think that where this came from is probably, I, I think that everybody sees it as, you know, trying to exclude women. But I actually think it's it's different. I think they're trying to protect women from mm-hmm. embarrassing themselves by losing super hard at Hearthstone.
1: Immense yeah, humiliation. Kind of like kind of like you losing your wife at Mario Kart.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's exactly like that. And you know what? If there was a Mario Kart tournament, I would understand why I wouldn't be allowed into it. <laughs> anyway, uh, I, I really didn't think anything would come of this. I thought everybody would complain about it. And, uh, you know, especially when these organizations are in like other countries it it really feels like they're going to be even less inclined to respond to the complaints. I,
1: I think this is like the one time that I'm actually on the side of the uh, complainers. It's because this time it's kind of like a legitimate thing, right? This time you're actually actively excluding someone. Um, yeah. And yeah. You're, not making, you're not making a dumb bastardization of a campaign. You're not taking like the, quali- the marriage equality campaign, turning the symbol green, and then talking about me quality you know it's 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 you have you have kind of your own real set goals and you're actually kind of pursuing it and that i admire that one i'm like that's cool
0: i mean in and some people don't even like this but in traditional sports there are at least you know biological reasons why why they separate the genders for you know fairness and stuff like that um
1: but it's because there's because when you hit when um a male soccer player And a female soccer player really like each other.
0: But, um, you know, in in this situation, there's absolutely no reason why there's no intrinsic advantage that a man has in Hearthstone or that a woman hasn't like everybody's on pretty equal footing to play a video game. So it's, it's kind of ridiculous that they saw fit to, to separate this, uh, the genders to begin with. But... Could
2: you see the opponent, though? Because maybe the woman would use her feminine wiles to distract the
0: male player. And that's, that's not fair. That's true. Um, and maybe, maybe that's the problem. Is equally, they...
1: equally, the male player could distract the female player. Well, he could true. have a cock ring. Whip it so out. You, like, look down, so whip it out. Like Check that out. I got that pierced
0: in Venice Beach. I I genuinely do wonder if it is, at least in some degree, uh, designed to prevent the harassment that we absolutely know has to be happening. Yeah, that's true. That's stuff like this. That's
1: that's easy to prevent, because when I went to uh, conventions for Chugworth, let me tell you how they prevented harassment. If someone called a female player like a bitch or whatever else, um, the convention staff would walk up to this male player and they would say give us your badge and get the fuck out of our convention. I mean that's That's how they used to handle it. Yeah,
0: but then you have to like have staff and you have to pay attention to the you, <laughs> you can't just run the event and be confident that everybody's going to get rich.
1: Right, right.
0: Yeah, you know, it's just not that's, as good. That's true. But anyway, uh moral of the story is, you know, it it worked and I I'm, I'm super proud of the internet for making that happen cuz it it was a silly rule there was definitely No reason that I can think of. But now
1: now eSports can ever be in the Olympics.
0: Yeah, I mean, now eSports can't be in the Olympics. And so I I guess I'm a little hurt that Hearthstone can't be in the Olympics. um, Because it totally deserves it. But uh, I guess not. Not this time. Um, What else happened this week? Oh, um, EA uh, wrote up a response to the missing toddlers and pools. What, what did they say? Am I hearing like a bong? Um, no. We'll <laughs> say no. Okay. Um, I, they. It basically came across as fuck you. Um, okay. You're gonna
2: pay for it, and you're gonna like it.
0: They kind of. They kind of just said, "Hey, we decided not to put it in, and uh, sorry." Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> that was pretty much their response. <laughs>
2: Wasn't well, it like we have way too much cool shit under the hood, so we couldn't fit the time in for pools and babies? <laughs> so, I think
1: it was just. I think. I think it was, it was just. You know, fuck you. I swear to God, I
0: swear to God, if this game launches and someone goes into like the game files and finds fucking pools and toddlers already built into the code, like they do with every Electronic Arts game,
1: can we call it pools and toddlers gate?
0: Pools and toddlers gate. I mean, that's can you? How many times does that have to happen to you before you stop purchasing a company's games? Like, you buy Mass Effect, right? And they have, they have the special Alien D- DLC. And oh, what a surprise. The Alien's in everybody's game. And then you go and you buy SimCity and they're like, oh, it only works on the internet. And the internet's down all the time, it turns out. And so you go into the game files and you get it so it doesn't connect to the internet anymore. When does it stop? The, the The obvious next step is, oh, we, we don't have pools and toddlers. There's got to be a way to combine those words. poddlers. we don't have poddlers right I mean, I don't know, but yeah I mean, anyway they they did
1: they, it's, it, our are our, our, our poddlers really enough to protest the game company though they're, they're not but i mean it's it's just
0: a a further string of events, like it's another entry in a long, proud lineage of bullshit. From from this company, and you know what? I like The Sims. I'll probably play The Sims 4. Uh, I'm sure it's going to be lots of fun, and I won't even really miss the Podlers all that much. But I will be upset if they are if I find out they're built into the game, especially because EA is like going out of their way to write. You know, it was a technical impossibility for us to include this and ship the game the way that we wanted to, etc. Et
1: it is a technical impossibility. Yeah, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure there is no way. To include any kind of water or sweat whatsoever in a video game.
0: We don't have the technology. <laughs> it's,
1: it's I think too... small people are also against that technology.
0: Yeah, um, well, but children will still be there. It's just toddlers who are
1: missing. I, I, mean, I mean, small, small people. Yeah. The children aren't that small. It depends on when they go through puberty. And some of them are pretty fat.
2: I kind of feel like they could have they could have gotten away with toddlers without any sort of huge incident, but pools have always been in The Sims, so I think that's a, a bigger.
0: Well, it doesn't. It's, it's one of those things where I, I'm no programmer, but like just thinking about, it, I'm like that doesn't seem that fucking hard to put a pool in your game. Yep, you it's, sons it's hard bitches. to get a pool
1: in real life. But like that's like, true. <laughs> you build a house. Do you own a pool? That's true. I
0: don't. I don't own a pool. So I mean, I. I guess I kind of understand, and it, it's also super unrealistic in The Sims, where you can buy like a square of pool. All right, you know, that's totally not real. You can't do yeah. that. So there you go. Anyway, so that's uh, that's where we landed. There, you were you had something about Cliffy B, Doug. What what's so? I I actually didn't hear about this. What's his scoop?
1: So can we announce that he unretired first? Uh, apparently, he unretired
2: because he's okay. making a game. So. That's good. I forgot,
0: I didn't know he retired, to be honest. Well, he retired,
1: and that's very important. Is, is this like a Phil Fish retirement, or... It, he retired from video games, he said I was done, and he unretired, and honestly, when he unretired, that was the first news I ever got, that he actually retired.
2: He, yeah, He unretired, and I guess he formed a new company called Boss Key.
1: Okay, and, that's a good uh, name.
2: On Twitter today, I guess, he announced a free-to-play sci-fi PC arena shooter Named Blue Streak,
1: isn't isn't Blue Streak already
0: a game? No, it's probably. A, I think it's a movie, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's a movie. Yeah, um, I don't think I'm it's based on the movie. Stinger.
1: Blue Stinger, was the video that I'm thinking of.
0: Yeah, Blue Streak with uh,
1: Martin Lawrence. It's a it's the cop movie. That's right. That's the one where he stole the diamonds and he hid them and then it became like an undercover cop. I remember that movie. Yep.
0: Yep. Yep. With uh with Luke Wilson and Dave Chappelle.
2: Well, that's yeah. the premise of this movie, but two hundred years in the future.
1: And okay. it, and
0: it's a uh, you said it was an arena shooter. Uh, yep, sci-fi PC arena shooter. All right, as long as it's not a MOBA, I think I'm fine with that. Martin Lawrence is a funny guy. Yeah, they should get Martin Lawrence for the voice acting. Um, I did have I did have one last exciting. Uh, this this actually happened a couple weeks ago, but we didn't really talk about it at all. Um, I think I think you said you messed with it a little bit. Doug the Destiny Alpha
2: uh i I did i played a a little quite a bit of it
0: it it came and went on the playstation 4 and i got a little tiny bit of time in it not not a lot but just a little bit what were what were your impressions what do you think uh it feels a lot like halo it played
2: like i once the second i sat down and started playing i was like this almost like every the way you move the way you shoot the way the controls work just felt almost exactly like halo well you can't have too many Halo. I mean it was a good thing cuz I mean I I enjoy Halo um and then obviously the second thought is it's it plays a lot like Borderlands. So it's pretty much just mix those two together and that's that's what Destiny is. Border
1: hey, Halo Lens. Borderlands.
0: Bor uh Master Border. I got nothing. Um so obviously one of the big things and I I think that this was uh, Mr. Kuchera from Polygon kind of making a mountain of a molehill, but of course, uh, they, re- they released a uh, little article about the voice acting, calling attention to the voice acting from uh, beloved Tyrion Lannister, Peter Dinklage, Midget Extraordinaire. Oh shit, I said the M word. Um, yeah,
1: it's not no, call him little people. Little
0: person, little person, extraordinary. Um, he is in
1: terms of Peter Dinklage, you call him the greatest actor in the world. That's what you call him,
0: dude. I so I, some, I think he's great. Effect. I think he's great. He's he's fantastic. He's the highlight of
1: uh, True Blood, and I.
2: Um, he's a well-respected you're member of the Lollipop Guild.
1: <laughs> you. He was good in that um that Marvel movie, um I think it was Deadpool. Yeah,
0: oh, yeah, Deadpool. Daredevil. No, it wasn't Deadpool. It was the movie with Deadpool. It was the
1: Wolverine movie. Electra. Um, Electra, that was the one. Yeah, <laughs> Electra. He was He's Electra. like Jennifer Garner. Wasn't he Electra? Yeah. He was Electra, I think.
0: <laughs> I'd, kinda, I'd watch that. I'd, I'd watch him in a lot of stuff. Well, either way, he went ahead and uh, did the voice acting for shit. What is that? What is the little robot's name? Does anybody remember? Ghost? Is it Ghost?
2: I want to say it's Ghost, but I have a feeling it's wrong.
0: I think he's a ghost, but I don't know. I I don't know. Well, either way, he did the voice acting, and the uh, the alpha's uh, voice acting was pretty. It, it sounded as though, and this is what I imagine, it sounded as though you know, Mister Dinklage probably came in and read the lines without seeing any of the material or really having any kind of point of reference for how he should be acting when he said these lines, and. That's fair for a game that is not even out of alpha yet, uh, and so he came in and, and re, you know released some notable lines, and, and Polygon made it out to basically be like "Destiny's going to be awful now because Peter Dinklage doesn't sound very good.
1: Right. Well,
2: clearly it's it's doomed to fail.
1: What they, wanted, what they what they what they should have done, Destiny should have just recorded his speech from Tyrion Lannister's trial in Game of Thrones.
0: The dude's winning Emmys left and fucking right, and they're worried that he's going to do a bad job. Like, I don't think so. Um, but his, well,
2: And his... he's supposed to be an AI. I mean, he might just be an emotionless AI. Yeah, I mean, maybe so... that's how he was
0: playing it. Well, either way, Bungie went ahead and uh, they addressed this in two forms, which I thought was pretty good, actually. The first thing that they did is the, the big notable line that he had is after killing a wizard, he remarks that that wizard must have come from the moon. And he that's just what wizards too.: He just says it in the most deadpan way ever. He's like that wizard came from the moon, and and that's it. And uh, the internet took you know particular delight with that. And Bungie went ahead and made it into a T shirt. So Bungie basically took something that a bunch of people got like miffed or upset about, or made them think less of their game, and then they made a shit ton of money <laughs> with it. Well, that's always the thing to do brilliant like god damn that is some juicy capitalism
1: That is some juicy capitalism
0: so then uh they released released a statement saying that uh dinklage would record the dialogue again before the beta and then again one more time before the game goes gold
1: so by the time he gets you know by the time the game is actually released he's going to have us all like sitting at the edge of our seats like he did at that yeah trial yeah you're he's gonna have a fucking tear shed
0: down your face yeah. About that wizard that came from the moon. <laughs>
2: he will break barriers and he will be the first person to win an Oscar for a video game.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm sure they'll create a category just for him. That wizard.
0: He was from the moon.
1: Alright. So are we ready to discuss video games?
0: Well, I mean we kind of we kind of did, but should we talk should we talk about other video games now? Video games that we played. Alright, yeah, why not? Um what uh so you I, I know both of you have Divinity Original Sin, but I don't know how much playtime you've had on it. Have you had a chance to take- it?
1: I, I got in a bit, but um, I haven't gotten far past the tutorial because here's what happened. Basically, Divinity Original Sin gives you a lot of breath in uh, how you build your characters. They have a bunch of um, you know optional classes that you can use, and then they have ways that you can uh, customize those classes beyond that. And then you launch the game and you start playing it and you find the game uh, kind of early kicks your ass. Like there's a tutorial in the game. It's like, here's the tutorial. Here's how you learn how to play. And all the tutorial does is make sure it gets rid of all your items, you know, that you have to use them all and that you have too little health. And you go into the next battle right out of the tutorial and get your ass kicked. And that's been my experience, which isn't a bad thing. I would say, um, you know, I like the difficulty level. But it's really difficult trying to figure out a class setting I can work with. So the the my my first time around, I went with uh, two ladies. I went with a I, I named them Cinnamon and Sugar. And uh, Cinnamon and Sugar, I believe, were a um, a Shadowblade, which is like a combination of kind of a rogue and an assassin and a warlock. And um, I believe Sh- Sugar was a Battle Mage, which is um you know, these combat-oriented, close-range spells. So I took Cinnamon and Sugar through, and, you know, Sugar was uh, kind of a jerk, because you gotta watch out for those white girls, because they always get you in trouble. And that's what happened in my game through, and I was like, eventually, like, Cinnamon and Sugar aren't working out. So I switched to two guys, um, a knight and a cleric, and I named them uh, Top and Bottom. Of course. Um, and I took Top and Bottom through, Bottom's my night, and I've been doing a little better with a uh, top and bottom than I've been doing with a uh, cinnamon and sugar. But that's been my my experience so far. I would say the difficulty. It's not quite as hard as Dragon Age Origins, but it's kind of close. It's it's a it's a hard game. It'll kick your ass if you're not paying enough attention. Yeah, so, it, it doesn't hold your hand at all.
0: So you 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 would corroborate that that difficulty curve. There's th- that's not just a bad excuse.
2: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It's there there are definitely times and it doesn't have any sort it has very sparse auto saves and so I've gotten in the habit of of not saving when I should. And so I'll go and I'll fight something I probably shouldn't have and then I realize I just lost an hour's worth of, of progress.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that that'll happen often and uh it it gets you gets you back into you know with Dragon Age Origins at at some point I'm like I basically have to save like I have obsessive compulsive disorder and uh that same exact thing is happening to me with uh divinity original sin I'm I'm having to save that often
0: God what did I play I just played something uh just like that um where they're it, it it's usually Nintendo games and actually you know where it just happened to me and this is thrown back a little bit but uh pokemon uh, pokemon x you have to get like back into this groove of manually saving the game again and i i lost like four hours of progress in that game a couple times because i made a bunch of progress and then just was like well i'm done playing and turned the ds off and came back later and i'm like oh shit
2: one of the things i, I really like about the game is that uh you can you can do like quite a bit. It's it's pretty open, and, and you're free to do kind of whatever you want. Like if I wanted, I could just go and just murder almost every NPC in the main town. And that's and, what I've done so far, and that that hasn't helped me at all. But go oh, ahead. It, it doesn't help you. I mean, you could just <laughs> fuck yourself out of quests left and right. And if like if there's something behind a door and I don't I haven't found the key to it, I could just bash it open. Like they don't really oh, put yeah. a lot of restrictions on it. It will destroy part. your weapons, but you can just open, break the door open. You can yeah, do it you can with chests it. too.
1: They actually do a lot of like clever things in that game. Like, um, there are traps everywhere, but oh, in God. order to um deal with those traps, you can just drag any item that's close by and set it right over the trap and trigger it. In. And that way, your characters don't have to trip over it or shoot it or whatever. Um, and and spells are very important because. You know, disarming these traps, you're often going to need some kind of magic to do it, or some kind of a magic scroll. So, say you have a poison trap um, and you use a fire scroll, that's going to burn away the poison and allow you to cross. Um, if it's a fire trap and you have a water spell, you can go ahead and use the water spell and douse the fire. So, it's a lot of neat little mechanics like that. It's like, and it's things you look at, you're like, oh man, that makes so much sense. I don't know why an RPG didn't think of this before.
2: Yeah, one of the really cool things that you found, like, uh, you can make if there's a puddle, or you can even make puddles, and you have enemies standing in the puddles. And so, if then you use, like, an electricity spell, it'll shock all the members in the puddle and, like, s- possibly stun them.
1: Yeah, or you can do it with um, fire as well. You, you know, there can be, like, a little oil trap. If they're standing in oil. You can set them on fire and light them up. So Or you
2: don't see the oil and you blow the fuck out of yourself.
1: <laughs> yeah, that happens too. So what
0: I, I haven't really followed the game all that carefully. I, I knew it was an RPG, but I saw that it had like this isometric perspective, which usually with a game is an instant sign that it's not for me. But what you what you guys are describing sounds like it is kind of for me. What what is the battle system like? Is it turn-based or it's is turn-based. It, It's turn-based. It's yeah. com- It's complete like like is it like Fallout turn-based where like I can move along a grid and There's
2: no grid grid, no. Or is, um, is,
0: it like, is it like Final Fantasy turn-based where you just get into a fight and... It's it's closer to Fallout than Final Fantasy, I would yeah. say.
2: Your, your characters have like AP and you can do as many actions as your AP allows. So if you want to move uh, so far across the screen, it'll cost you six AP. And if you have two AP left, maybe you could hit the guy once or save it up and use a big spell later, uh, your yeah. next turn.
0: Hmm.
1: Uh, and that's and that's and the A P system is is kinda of, is part of why it takes um so long to figure out kind of your wa in the game and um what you're able to do with your characters and all that kind of stuff. Like when I when I when I played my battle mage, uh, Sugar, I didn't quite get the A P system at the time and I didn't quite you know, since I rolled her as a battle mage and just changed around her spells a little bit, I figured, Oh yeah, I can blow things up from afar but no, it meant that she had to get in very close and she would get maybe one hit per turn and then she could do all the fun stuff. But at the same time, um, you know, one thing enemies can do is they can get kind of a first strike attack at you on you. So if you walk within their field, they're just going to turn and, like, slam you in the back, and that's going to, like, tear down your health. I um, think you have to be kind of in close enough range, but there are a ton of, like, a ton of different skills you can use to kind of start offsetting things um one of my favorite ones is i forget what it is but it's a skill that allows you to gain health as your enemy bleeds. like if you're standing leech. in a uh yeah leech sleech uh if you're standing in like a puddle of blood then you're going to regain a little bit of health um each turn that the enemy is bleeding and there's just a ton of tiny different little uh customizable spells there's um one called lone wolf which greatly kind of boosts your character all around but they can't use minions or anything like that um so there's there's a ton of customization to kind of play within this game.
0: Hmm. Yeah. It actually sounds pretty cool. Yeah. What um you you mentioned and again this is this is slightly unrelated but I'm just curious because it got me thinking and this happens to me not a lot but like with RPGs in particular you mentioned Jay that when you first started you didn't really have a good grasp on the AP system maybe and so it kind of led to some to some turmoil. Can you guys think of any other games where like You couldn't wrap your head around the system and it caused you a lot of grief. Like, let me give you an example, because this is just what popped into my mind. Um, Final Fantasy VIII has the junction system. Right. Where you, so you draw magic, right? And then you can take that magic and you can uh, apply it to your stats and I basically just didn't understand that concept in the slightest. And so I just drew magic and kept casting it. I never thought to stock up like 100 fires and then stick it on my hit points or something. And um do you think of any other games like that, that that just had like this kind of... I don't want to say complex system, but just something that really took a lot of groove into. And like once you figured it out, the game got super easy.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's... um I don't know I think every RPG is like that a little bit for me especially if you're jumping to a new series entirely. So it's like if you grew up on like Final Fantasy or whatever and you're like okay this is how this particular RPG is played but then you jump to something like uh, Persona and it's kind of entirely different all that kind of stuff. I think um I think I think I think each RPG RPG if, I, if I'm jumping into it like straight away and fresh it's a little bit like that for me maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I-
2: I mean uh this has happened for a while like for the most part now I can kind of get into the system but I remember back when I was younger and I was only used to like Final Fantasy 7 and Final Fantasy 8 I rented Final Fantasy Tactics and I oh, was yeah. so I was <laughs> yeah. like this isn't Final Fantasy at all. <laughs> what the hell am I doing? And I I like I was I took it back. I was like that game sucks. And only a few years later I was like this game's actually pretty good.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. It, it's great. It's a, it's a great game but um I, I I had that same thing the very first time I played like a um I don't even really know what you it's not a real-time strategy there's there's another specific name for it and I I can't think of it but um Vandal Hearts I don't know if you guys ever messed with Vandal Hearts at all little but bit. it's the it's the same thing basically um but I remember like buying that and just expecting another traditional JRPG and kind of getting something completely different and I was like what the fuck is this Took a little while to figure out
2: one game that I can definitely that I still don't understand, and it's not an RPG. It's like a, a one of the 4X strategy games. On a whim, I bought Crusader Kings too, and I don't. I still don't know how that game works. <laughs> I don't. Know, I don't know how you could have fun with it. It is it is way too complex, and I I I played like two hours, and I was like, I'm never touching it again.
0: You know what? That reminds me. Uh, only only slightly related, but we went when on on my last day of E3. Uh, I was kind of trying... My goal was to fit as much stuff in as I could, and the lines were kind of ridiculous. And so I, I was trying to find the places that had either the shortest lines or looked like they had the most stations to play the game so I could get through them quickly. And on the side of the 2K booth, there was the smallest line that you could possibly imagine, and it was for Civilization Beyond Earth. And... Uh, I went ahead and got in it and sat through the presentation and I almost remember none of what they told me. Um, But anyway, that's coming out soon. I don't even know why I brought this up, but civilization guys, it's coming out uh, soon for you and me. And I have no idea what the fuck was going on. The guy demoed the whole thing. And he's like, he's explained to me this concept of like, there's units and stuff on the ground, but now there's, now there's a whole nother layer above the ground. And so there's units that can be in the sky, basically. And uh, I was like, man, I don't even really get units on the ground. We need to we need to spend a lot more time on that before we go into the sky.
2: Watching civilization be played. I it's just I imagine is the most boring thing ever. Like, it was playing. It's fine. But
0: see, and I, I think everybody knew that because there were maybe like five people in the line. And I maybe sat there for just two or three minutes before it was time to go in and watch the show. It was it was the easiest, smoothest trip that I that I had, or smoothest adventure that I had the entire the entire time. I also um, I didn't get to spend a lot of time talking about it, but I did get to play Sunset Overdrive. I think I talked about Reggie while I waited in line for it, but I didn't talk about the actual Sunset Overdrive. Um, I got to spend a little bit of time with that. They had, they had one of the more creative kind of setups. They, they did kind of what Nintendo did with Splatoon where they basically put you into an eight player co-op game. And so you would, you would go up with eight other people into the booth and then they would have a, uh, a rep from the developer who had a headset on and, and would talk to you and talk you through the game. So he would play it with you and pretty much just ensure that you didn't die. Um, But I I did get a chance to play that too, and it—it's kind of sad how it doesn't look that great, and it just—it feels like it's already pushing the Xbox a little bit. Like uh, it—it had again. I know at the show that everything's going to have frame problems, but it was—it was a little framey and didn't have amazing performance, and didn't even really look that good. So
2: I know there's a lot of people who are really stoked for it, but I'm honestly not seeing the appeal of it.
0: The the gameplay is pretty fun. And I mean, you don't you don't aim. That's that's their big thing is that it's really focused on making sure that you're always grinding on rails or wires or just you basically grind anything that you can find with your shoes. So uh, you jump on a building and just grind along the building. You jump on a telephone pole and grind along the wires and uh your your big goal and they they tell you this repeatedly while you're playing your big goal is don't worry about aiming just point in the general direction of enemies and push the trigger and they'll figure it out but whatever you do for god's sake don't fall on the ground and stop moving um because you'll just you'll just get engulfed and die immediately and by what uh just there's there's a lot of enemies on the screen um and and there's like big big bosses and if if you, you, the game does have melee options but the demo that i played wasn't laid out to really utilize any of them like you want to try and steer clear of monsters pretty much as much as possible and so there was this big emphasis on like stay in the air don't get down on the ground and of course nobody follows it and everybody gets down on the ground and i i feel bad for like this dev who has to play the game the entire time and keep shouting in people's ears like stop doing that and get get back up on a telephone pole Stop having fun. Stop having fun. Well, it's not fun because you you get smacked like three times and are dead. Anyway, Sunset Overdrive. And now that's everything that I saw or did at E3. The end. And I I mentioned this because you guys both have been playing Divinity, and I have been playing jack shit because um I mean I guess Tomodachi Life.
1: I still I kept playing a lot of that. I'm actually still trying to think of your most challenging RPG. I think I, I think I know. Which one it is, though, and it's not nothing that either of you have. Well, I don't know if Doug hasn't played it, but I'm guessing he hasn't. What What? is it? I think I've mentioned the Altair series on yeah. this podcast before. Yeah,
2: I have not played that. You were correct.
1: Yeah, so the Altair series, what's different about it is you actually play more or less as a healer. And when that's your central character, that's really hard to get used to. It's like if you're playing if you're playing any other RPG and you're like, okay, I'm actively going to go ahead and build a healer, then fine, whatever. But you can do an RPG and let's face it, you're used to being like the kind of uh, swords and sorcery guy. The guy's going to do the big damage. But this one's all about having your items lined up well ahead of time and about mixing them and making sure the rest of your party stays healthy while they do all the fun stuff. And I swear, especially when RPGs first started uh, introducing like the AI-controlled party members... Having to be the healer always kind of threw me because it's not as fun like I know Dot .hack did it and uh, Star Ocean 3 did it where if you kind of weren't looking out for your teammates and if you weren't healing them then your party would die fast and you get to do the most boring job in the world while the computer has all the fun and that's why that, that's the thing that, mo- that throws me the most those games are difficult for me to play all is a little different because you're in control of, every, of everyone but um, games like that, where you had to be a healer and everyone else is an AI controlled, that shit pissed me off. I didn't sign up to video games to be a doctor.
0: Um, the I, I had a friend growing up who had, I, so I always fell into the Sega Genesis camp, not the Super Nintendo camp. I was on the wrong side of the team, but... Um, we both had Sega Genesis and he had a Buck Rogers RPG which is not exactly a hit with my generation Like, I, most people probably don't even know what Buck Rogers is but he had a Buck Rogers RPG and I remember thinking it looked pretty cool and so I found a copy of it that was used but I was missing one critical piece which was the manual and <coughs> I later got to look at his manual and I mean it's seriously it's it's probably like at least a hundred and ten pages. Wow, of stuff. It's it's like got a thick binding on the side, like a real traditional book. And um, I didn't have that. And I think that would, if we're just talking about like the hardest RPG I ever had to play, period. That's it, pretty easily, because uh, the hardest I one you had to play. Everything everything was symbol based, and there there wasn't a lot of guidance. You know, I mean, back in that era, like if you didn't have a manual to some of those games, you were you were screwed in a lot of cases because the games didn't have tutorials built into them or, uh, you know, any kind of help or anything like that. It was like, go look in the book and maybe that will maybe that will solve your problem.
1: Have you ever tried the uh, Magna Carta
0: games? I have, uh, I found one once in a GameStop and it was like $20 above retail price. <laughs> and so I was like, you know, and it was used too, it wasn't new. But it was used, and it was like $85. And I was like, no thanks.
1: I, I don't remember it being good. They had one of those kind of interactive uh, combat wheels that games do. And I've seen the, the interactive combat wheel done really well. But Magna Carta does it really bad. I'll tell you the other real mainstream series I never got into. And um, those are the Mana titles. I just cannot for the life of me get into the Mana titles. And I've tried several times over my entire lifespan. Like, my, my first introduction to Mana was um the Secret of Mana in, like, the dentist's office. He had a Super Nintendo in his office. And I would only get to play that five minutes at a time, and since there was, like, always the kid behind you, the kid would always, behind you, you would always delete your fucking save. So there was no point in trying to save the game and play it. Um, later on, I illegally uh, acquired Secret of Mana 3. Um, and because you really need a controller for those games, I just could not get through it. I had to use my ke- my keyboard... I couldn't do it, and finally, I resorted to buying um, Secret of Mana for my iPhone. I did buy, buy another Mana game for the PlayStation. That didn't work out. Um, I finally resorted to buying the original Secret of Mana for my iPhone, and the touch controls just are not good for that game, and I was never able to... It's so action-oriented, and I have never, ever had a proper controller for the Mana games. Now,
0: that, I I can't get into the Mana games because I can't figure out which one's which, <laughs> when when you say Secret of Mana three, is that Psychi Densetsu
1: three? Yeah, that's that's like, that's like Densetsu three.
0: And so you you like had an emulator
1: and, and I a, had tra- an emulator. a translated ROM and a translated ROM, and I got a decent amount, but at some point the action just gets to be too much to use on your keyboard. Interestingly
0: enough, do you know why that game never came to the United States? Why is that? Uh, U.S. cartridges had a smaller memory size, and Psychi Densetsu three was too big for that size. Huh. Didn't so it also had, I guess it had an ass load of bugs in it. I never really got far enough to be able to to know that, but it had a ton of bugs in it. And so they just decided to just cut their losses and not do it. Well, wow. I guess they would have had to like change production to release the game here. And they were like, nah, not worth it there you go that's your that's your fun fact of the day and then i don't know if you know this but uh secret of mana this is why I, again why i don't play these games so secret of mana for the super nintendo that is actually saiken densetsu 2 okay that so because I, I mean that that always confused me is it was like secret of mana and then everybody's like wait you should play the sequel saiken densetsu 3 and i'm like well, what about two right um so maybe this can go out to both of you. What is the very first Setsu game? Does anybody know? I would. It's be... not Secret of Evermore, is it? No, it has nothing to do with Secret of anything because they changed the name when they released it in America. Of course they did. Um, was it an SNES? Oh oh oh, game or an NES oh no! Game? I know
1: what it is. I know what it is. I know what it is because I'll be I played so one of them. I played one of them for the uh, Game Boy because the Game Boy isn't the thing. I You're was get... big into Final Fantasy. You're getting there. Yep, and... it is the Game Boy. <laughs> And I got the Final Fantasy for the Game Boy, and I know, I think I got Final Fantasy 3 for the Game Boy, which is totally different from Final Fantasy 3, which is totally different from Final Fantasy 6, but it's one of the Final Fantasies for the Game Boy. It's like Final Fantasy Quest or Adventure or something. the it, it,
0: Quest? It's actually Adventure. It's called Final Fantasy Adventure, ah, and it's for the Game Boy. And yeah. And in, in Japan, it was actually called Saiken Densetsu.
1: I, I knew that. I knew that. Okay. So which, what was Mystic Quest? Which, which, what was Final Fantasy Mystic Quest? I don't...
0: I think that was... I feel like that was also something that had a different name and got re-released.
1: Um, yeah. I feel like all the Final Fantasy adventure games were something that, that were not actually Final Fantasy.
0: Let's see if we can find... Admittedly, I don't, I don't know that much about it. So Mystic Quest could be... Let's, let's take a look and see. Mystic Quest in Japan was called... Um, I think it was actually Always Mystic Quest. Oh, no, oh. it was just called, uh, uh I can't read that. Feinaru Fantaji. That sounds like Final Fantasy. Ueso i Misutiku Kusueto. Oh, my God, I butchered the shit out of that. If you're listening, Michael, let us know what that is. <laughs> anyway, it's it's that. Um, I can't really... Tell if that's in the Final Fantasy series or not. That's not super clear to me. Um, there was a there was a whole string of Final Fantasy games on the Game Boy, and uh, none of them were like a Final Fantasy game at all.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think that was the thing. Like, like none of the Game Boy ones were released for Final Fantasy, actually. So there was
0: there was Final Fantasy Adventure, and then there was Final Fantasy Legend, and I think there was there was a Legend two and three. It went all the way up to three. And uh, those were made by, uh, th- those were, uh, what's the Japanese for them? It's called Warrior in the Tower of the Spirit World. And I could see why you would maybe change that name.
1: <laughs> well, it sounds like an RPG maker title now.
0: But so, um, so those games, the Final Fantasy Legend games, they are actually also part of a series that you guys might have heard of before. Um, it's called the Saga series, and you may yeah, know it. Saga. Yeah. So, like, rom- Romancing Saga, and... Um... Oh, there was another one on the PlayStation. It might saga have just... Frontier? Saga Frontier, I think, is one of those. Um... Saga Frontier 2. Uh, yeah, and so it's another series where, like, it just got so twisted and, and mixed up. Like, who the, who the hell knows? But, yeah, that's why I never played Secret of Mana, because I couldn't actually... I, I did play the original quite a bit, but I just couldn't figure that series out. And so I just kind of stopped worrying about it.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think I think I think the thing is, it's like Final Fantasy was the only thing with any kind of name recognition. And even the Final Fantasy series itself, they released it under names that weren't the proper Final Fantasy names. Which right, right. Everyone knows now what they are. But uh, yeah, that definitely had a lot pushed out there
0: yeah that that series is just so convoluted and, and and it's weird too uh the ones that they skipped like like Final Fantasy 2 II and 3 on the NES and I don't know that
1: that whole series is just so messed up and, and so I haven't I haven't really touched Final Fantasy after 12 but the one thing that they did in 10 that kind of pissed me off so much was um they tried really hard to connect the Final Fantasies with Final Fantasy 10-2 I remember you know there's a kid named Shinra and in Final Fantasy X-2, and while you're adventuring with uh, Shinra, Shinra finds something that's strongly hinted uh, to kind of be the life force, whatever it's called, from Final Fantasy Seven And when I saw that in Ten two, 2 that just made me groan so much. I'm like, please don't connect the storyline. It's like bad enough as a, it's just don't do that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I I think that luckily they, they gave that up. It's not like... Yeah. It's not like Zelda, where the series has always been so ambiguous that years later, Nintendo was just able to be like, "Oh yeah, there's a timeline. Of course, there's a yeah. time. Duh. Yeah. Everyone four, knows
2: four different timelines.
0: Everyone knows that there's a timeline. You, you stupid ass. Why don't you know that? <laughs> yeah. it, they they can't do that because Final Fantasy is very succinct, and you know their main characters talk more often than not, and. Uh, that, that kind of stuff messes with you. But old old Quiet Link and his many different wild adventures, that's a little bit easier to uh, to place. You know what I did play a, a lot of this week, actually? And it wasn't intentional, but um, I Mario Kart 8, if you picked it up, you got a deal where you got to pick another free Wii U game and you got a download of it. And it was pretty much any of the, of the uh, Nintendo first-party games. And so I went ahead and grabbed Wind Waker HD, uh, because it was just it was the only one that I hadn't really played that much. Uh, I had Wind Waker on the GameCube, and I got to the Triforce like hunt where you have to go find ten pieces, and I was like, you know what, no. And uh, <laughs> it looks wait, so. Wait the 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 hunt's still there in HD? If the hunt is still there in HD. I'm. I thought... I'm... I'm not That's to a, it yet, but uh, they. I guess what they did, they didn't take it out. They just shortened it, so uh, it, it used to be ten pieces, and I think now it's like three. Or didn't, something. They, didn't they also Terrible. like
2: super speed your boat too? So it's like it was a lot faster.
0: I just got the sail. Uh, no, wait, no, I didn't. I just finished the uh, Dragon Roost Island, so I did get the sail. If it's faster, I didn't notice. It, at least it, it wasn't like glaringly obvious, but it's still. Just such a good looking game. Like I, I think even the GameCube version looks fine, but the HD version is just, oh man, it's pristine, and uh, it's it's going to age very nicely, I'm sure. So, if you never played Wind Waker, there you go. There's your there's your chance. It gets my endorsement. Um, it's it's one of my more beloved Zeldas, despite the fact that I've never finished it. I have a lot of just fond memories of that game. So, anyway, you guys done anything else? Played anything else? Or is that pretty much the list? That's it. That's the list. Well, we're just about to our uh, to our time mark, so that's almost perfect. Um, if you, so we managed to fill like three weeks
1: of the podcast
0: with watch I mean, God, the, and I swear to you, that's it. We spoiled the game, and now we will never discuss Watch Dogs ever again. Until they announce the
1: sequel uh, that's going to be due
0: to release Christmas of next year. I guess we're going to have to talk about it when we come up with our Game of the Year lists. Cause no, we won't. There is definitely... no one that's going to have Watch Dogs on Game of the Year. You don't think anybody will? I, I bet you... I guarantee there's
2: one. There has to be one.
0: I, I guarantee you there's going to be some media outlet that is going to give it well, Game of the not Year. not
1: Enemy Slime. Yeah, no, I, uh... No one, no one here is going to give a game of the year.
0: Yeah, that's that's a pretty safe bet. Um, well, it
2: might be Kentucky Route Zero again for game of the year.
0: God, I wonder, I wonder if they'll release their. Uh, do they have two acts to go? I don't, I don't remember how many it is, but I wonder if that game will finish before the year is up, or if it will actually be a 2015 competitor.
1: Well, it's already, it's already been seven months, so they're not doing good. Well, no, because
0: they just got one out just a couple months ago. Um, yeah. But uh I don't I, I think it's five acts, and I think they just released the third. So this should be done approximately by the time the next uh Game of Thrones book comes out. That's good. We can enjoy both of those. And before you start writing me an email, yes I know it's a song of ice and fire. I'm sorry. If you're if you're not already, you should go check out our websites, enemyslime.com. There's there's thirty-seven more of these podcasts. Each of varying like staff members and quality. So, I mean, who knows what you're going to get when you pick it. <laughs> go and listen to our back catalog. Go check it out. Uh, when you're done with that, go read. Lucio has been doing some amazing coverage of the World Cup. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, I love the World Cup. I play games, of course. And you're thinking that Germany
1: trashed Brazil 6-0 today.
0: Oh, you know you know what I do you know what we do need to do? We didn't talk about this in the news. Um, we need to acknowledge the fact that Lucio has crazy powers and can basically will things to happen just by thinking about it. So <laughs> he kicked the he kicked the USA out of the World Cup by sending them bad vibes. Yeah, he didn't do that. And then when he was done with that, he closed Airtight Games, the makers of Murdered Soul Suspect. He went ahead and just shut them down completely. And uh, I think that that deserves some recognition. Yeah. So
1: so good work on your uh, Carrie-like powers. No, wait, Carrie was the one that did fire. That's close enough.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's close enough. Uh, it's really, it's more like Death Note, except Lucio talks instead of writing into a book.
1: Yeah, that's what he is. Lucio is
0: the Death Note. <laughs> Lucio is the Death Note. <laughs> that pretty much sums it up so yeah anyway Air- airtight games uh is is no more which is which is you got to admit is a pretty big bummer to have happen to you like three weeks after you release your brand new triple a game um uh, you know they might next time they might want to make it good <laughs> so yeah. not not a lot of sympathy flowing on the enemy slime podcast uh but anyway uh, to to all of our friends there we we wish you the best of luck, and we hope that your next game has uh, more ghosts, less ghosts. What would have made it better? No ghosts. Um, no ghosts. No ghosts. If, if, if the plot twist was you were killed by your own ghosts. Ooh, actually, that that's kind of intriguing. All right. Well, there you go. There's your idea. Airtight Games uh, developers go form a new studio. And make a game where you're killed by your own ghost, but then for the rest of the game, there are no ghosts. Your
2: own transgender ghost, so that it's okay with the social justice warrior crowd.
0: (laughs) Yeah, make it match as much as possible. Um, All right, well, perfect. So, yeah, like I said, if you're not already, go check out EnemySlime.com. You should follow us on Twitter and Facebook. We're at Slime. And uh, if you want to, go ahead and just shoot us an email at contact at com. We'll, we'll read your email on the podcast so you can tell us that we suck or that we're great or none of the above. I, whatever you want. We're open to to whatever you're feeling. So, all right. Well, then, if, uh, if nobody else has...